I'm Hope, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Talk, Talk, where we will be discussing movies from different decades and genres. This week, we watched the 1988 film Big, starring Tom Hanks and directed by Penny Marshall. This film is about a 12-year-old boy named Josh who lives with his parents and an infant sister in New Jersey. He tries to impress an older girl from school named Cynthia by trying to go on a carnival ride called the Ring of Fire, but is told he is too short to ride. He walks away super embarrassed and upset, and stumbles upon an old arcade fortune-telling machine called Zoltar. He puts a coin in and makes a wish to be big. It dispenses a card that says, your wish is granted. But Josh is too freaked out to notice that the machine was unplugged the entire time. The next morning, Josh looks into the mirror and sees that he has been turned into a 30-year-old man. He goes back to where the carnival was to try to find the Zoltar machine. But when he gets there, everything is gone as the carnival has moved on to the next town. He returns home and tries to explain to his mom what happened. But she refuses to listen and then threatens him, thinking that he's a stranger who kidnapped her son. He is able to escape from her and then he finds his best friend Billy and is actually able to convince him of his identity by singing a rap song that only they know. With Billy's help, he learns that it will take a long time to find the machine, so Josh rents a flophouse room in New York City and gets a job as a data entry clerk at Macmillan Toy Company. Josh runs into the owner of the company at FAO Schwartz, a very popular toy store in New York City, and impresses him with his insight into current toys and his childlike enthusiasm. They play a duet on a foot-operated electronic keyboard, performing Heart and Soul and Chopsticks. This earns Josh a promotion to a dream job, getting paid to test toys as vice president in charge of product development. With his promotion, his large salary enables him to move into a spacious luxury apartment, which he and Billy fill with toys, a rigged Pepsi vending machine, dispensing free drinks, and a pinball machine. He soon attracts the attention of Susan, a fellow Macmillan executive. A romance begins to develop to the annoyance of her jerk ex-boyfriend and co-worker Paul. Josh becomes increasingly tangled in his adult life by spending time with her, hanging out with her friends, and being in a steady grown-up relationship. His ideas become valuable assets to Macmillan Toys. However, he begins to forget what it's like to be a child and that he's actually a kid, and he begins to neglect Billy because of his busy schedule. After drama with this friendship with Billy and telling Susan the truth about him and her not believing him, Josh learns from Billy that the Zoltar machine is now at Sea Point Park. He leaves in the middle of presenting their proposal to Macmillan and other executives to go find the machine. Susan also leaves and runs into Billy, who tells her where Josh went. At the park, Josh finds the machine, unplugs it, and makes a wish to become a kid again. Susan finds him, and after seeing the machine and the fortune it gave Josh, realizes that he was telling the truth. She gets upset when she realizes that the relationship has to be over. He tells her that she was the one thing about his adult life he wishes would not end and suggests that she uses the machine to turn herself into a little girl. She declines, saying that being a child once was enough and takes him home. After sharing an emotional goodbye with Susan, Josh becomes a child again. He waves goodbye to Susan one last time before reuniting with his family. It ends with Josh and Billy hanging out together and being kids again. So Josh, he is 12 years old. He does have a birthday in the middle of it while he's an adult, so he technically ends up 13. Yeah, he talks about, like, towards the end of the movie, he's saying that he is 13. And yeah. So, but yeah. he starts out 12, so. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's 30, so. Yeah, it's, it's kind of so weird. So he he's trying to, like, impress this girl by going on this big kid ride, I guess, at the carnival. He's there with his family. And he's not tall enough and, like, he just wants to be older because he feels like everyone makes fun of him, I guess, for mm -hmm. being short and stuff. Yeah. And the one thing I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, the guy, the, like, operator for the ride was right in front of the girl, mm -hmm. said, 
oh, you're too short to ride. Why don't you go on a kid ride or something? Yeah, kitty ride. I was like, what the heck? You don't say that. I know. That's so embarrassing. I feel like, oh my goodness. Oh, like, obviously he was there with his kind of friends. Why mm-hmm. would he say that? Yeah. <laughs> so he had to walk away and kind of was just moping and mm-hmm. ran into the Zoltar machine. Yeah, and... He didn't notice it was unplugged, but it was, like, super creepy because its eyes just, like, glowed. Mm-hmm. But it was unplugged, so it wasn't, like, it was definitely supernatural, yeah. obviously, if it turned him into an adult. Yeah. But it was so weird. Mm-hmm. And his friend Billy is super, I don't know, they're really close. Yeah. And he helps him while he's an adult, like, mm-hmm. figure things out and everything. Yeah. Like, they still have the same bromance in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. While even though he's, like, 30. Like, yeah, 30 <laughs> years old, they kind of, like, act like father and son in a way because yeah, and so if many... he's with him all the time, people are going to be like, oh, okay, that's your son. Exactly. Because why else would a Everyone thought he was. man and a 12-year-old guy hang out? Yeah, that would be so weird. But they make it so cool when he gets the uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. It reminded me kind of, um, like, Big Fat Liar. Do you mm-hmm. remember when they yes. went to the prop room and they had the soda machine too that dispensed the mm-hmm. free drinks just like they did in this yeah. apartment? I it was think a, so cool. It was a huge, like... It was so big. It looked like a loft kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I feel like it was probably a loft. Mm-hmm. The romance was a little weird. Yes. Because obviously she was in her 30s and she thought he was in his 30s, but technically he was just a little boy. So mm-hmm. essentially she had a relationship with a child. Yeah kind of weird but like when you look at it like if you don't think about like yeah because it's it's not like actually you know yeah so but like but like you kind of want it to happen is. you know yeah, like, you, you want them you're like you're like oh he's in love yeah but but then you're like oh wait he's 13 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what she thought mm-hmm. when she realized how old he really was like yeah i she, would be like i'd feel oh so my icky. goodness i'm going to go cry and never come out of my room again exactly <laughs> Like, I'd feel so gross, because yeah. I'm pretty sure they had, you know, relations, if you catch <laughs> my drift. So that's so weird. Yeah. That's really, really weird. Ugh. Yeah. Ew. But she just played it off, like, I'm going to miss you so much. Yeah. Like, like she... she even said, maybe you should keep my number. Yeah. I was like, that's no. so weird. <laughs> Ew. Like, come on. That's so weird. But he like probably it. gets some street cred after Oh, that. heck yeah. At least with Billy, because no one else is going to yeah. lose it. But, ew. It's something that kind of, like, the line of, like, oh my gosh, was when he was, like, in front of his mom and mm-hmm. stuff. And she was like, oh my gosh, there's an intruder in my house. And then he also called her after, saying, like, he'll be back. Yes. Or kind of, like, sounding like he was holding he him actually ransom. Yeah, he kind of went along with the whole uh, kidnapping thing. Yeah. Because he didn't know what else to say. But, like, that was so, like, heartbreaking. I you know, know? I like, feel so bad for her. And we didn't get to see her reaction much mm-mm. when he came back as a kid again. Yeah. So, I don't know, I, I feel so bad for her. Like, mm-hmm. this whole time she thought her son was kidnapped. <laughs> but he was like, it's gonna be okay, like, yeah. he'll be back. Yeah, you try to make it sound okay, but it, that doesn't make it anything any any better, you know? No, yeah, or, but he, he could have found a different way to do it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, while she was freaking out about her son being kidnapped, he was just having fun mm-hmm. in his Working? Loft. Yeah, he was working, that's true, he was working. And no one noticed that, because he had, there were, like, flyers out that saying he was missing, because I remember... Um, oh, oh yeah on the milk carton that susan actually was drinking oh yeah it was, it was a picture of him and his name josh baskin and no one noticed yeah because how did no one notice that, that long yeah like if he was like a head almost head of like a company kind of thing yeah because he used the same exact name no one noticed that 
Yeah, that's... He's missing. <laughs> so weird. And then he starts to just... I don't know. Like, in the first place, I didn't think he really acted like a kid in an adult's body. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of acted a little too mature sometimes. Yeah. But at the same time, he did start to forget that he was a kid, and he started just yeah. being an adult. And I kind of had a hard time, like, knowing, like, what 12-year-old or, like, 13-year-olds act like. Yeah. Like, can you know, because it's, like, in the middle of, like, teenager and kid. Yeah. I didn't, I, I kind of had, had a hard time, like, knowing what he should act like. Especially because these days, I feel like 13-year-olds act a lot older than they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like, half the time you can't even tell when somebody is 13 or, like, 20. Yeah. Which is when a little I was scary. Th- when I was 13, I was a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. Like, like, we all had our awkward stages, mm-hmm. and these days I feel like people don't have awkward stages yeah. anymore. But, like, he, he looked... When he was a kid, he looked younger than... 13? Yes. Yeah, he really did. I thought he was at least, like, 11. Mm-hmm. But, but I guess that plays off the whole thing about him being super short. Like, mm-hmm. everyone thought he was too short. Because I don't think those kids that he was trying to impress were that much older than him. Yeah. And it might have just been that, like, generation, too. Yeah, that's true. But overall, his character was really funny. He was sweet, too. Yeah. He was a sweet kid. Tom Hanks did a great job. Oh my gosh, I love Tom Hanks. Right? And he was so young in this. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. He's great. I love old Tom Hanks movies. I just mm-hmm. love Tom Hanks movies in general. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Tom Hanks, he's been in everything. Everything. <laughs> so we're just going to go through a brief timeline of like his more well-known movies. So Splash in 1984, that was basically him falling in love with a mermaid. <laughs> Um, 1985, that was, uh, The Man with One Red Shoe. I actually haven't seen this one, but I hear it's really, really good. I've never heard of it. It, it, it's apparently very good. Then The Money Pit he was in in 1986. That's funny. It's funny? Mm -hmm. I hear it's really funny. I don't think I've seen it. Maybe I have, but I'm not really sure. Then in 1988, we get this movie, Big, which obviously we loved. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the next year... He came out with The Burbs, and then also Turner and Hooch. Those are both pretty uh, popular Tom Hanks movies. Okay. And then in 1992, he was in A League of Their Own. I feel like most people mm-hmm. at least know what that movie is if they haven't seen it. 1994, Forrest Gump. Yep. <laughs> we all love Forrest Gump. It's a classic. I would say that is probably his most. That's one of that's like definitely the top, one of his one of the top. Yeah. Most well known. Yeah, definitely one of the top. And then only a year after that came out. He was in Toy Story, and he was Sheriff Woody. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was only a year after Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And then a year after that, he was in Saving Private Ryan, and at the same time, You've Got Mail, which we already did one episode on. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more about that movie, uh, check that episode out. And that next year, mm-hmm. Toy Story 2 came out, and in that same year, The Green Mile. And then the next year after that, there was Castaway. Which is probably another one of the big movies that... Yes. He's most well-known in. Yep. And then the year after that, he wasn't, he didn't act in this movie, but he was a producer on My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which I actually didn't know. The same year he produced My Big Fat Greek Wedding, he was in the movie Catch Me If You Can, which starred him and Leonardo DiCaprio, which I love that movie. Mm -hmm. And it's based on a true story, which is pretty cool. It's a great movie. It is really, really good. He plays an FBI agent, and Leonardo DiCaprio is this amazing, I don't even know how to describe him. He's a criminal, but he's like super brilliant Mm -hmm. that's a very very good movie great movie i love that movie it's so good (laughs) then 2004 he's in the terminal which i haven't seen but i've heard of but in that same year he was a voice in the polar express 
He did the voice work for the conductor, the hero, the boy, the father, Scrooge, Santa Claus, and the hobo. (laughs) He just did a lot of voices. (laughs) And he was also the executive producer in that movie. And um, if I remember correctly, they actually had him wear... um, like a green suit and stuff that they could get his actual motions for mm. uh, the conductor, like wow. down. Yeah, so that it matched him a lot. And if you look closely, you can really, you can see the similarities in mm-hmm. him. I think that's pretty cool. And then in 2008, he was in The Da Vinci Code, which I have not seen, but I've heard a lot about. But in that same year, he was in Cars, which I didn't know, but I guess he did the voice of Woody Carr. So Mm. I'm assuming that was based off of Sheriff Woody from Toy Story. And then that same year, he was also a producer for The Ant Bully, which was another animated movie. And then he was a producer for Evan Almighty in 2007. And he he also voiced himself that same year in The Simpsons movie. In 2008, he was actually um, an executive producer for Mamma Mia, Mm. which is super weird. And I had no idea that he had anything to do with that movie. Then 2010, he was in Toy Story 3, of course. And then the next year, he was in Larry Crown, which he not only starred in, but he was also the executive producer, director, and screenwriter for that. And um, that also starred uh, Julia Roberts as his love interest. That was a good movie. That was about him. He had to go back to school, and she was his teacher in, I think, night school. It was really good. And then that same year, he was in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. 2013, he was in Captain Phillips. Mm-hmm. You've seen that, right? Yeah, it was a good movie. That was good. In that same year as Captain Phillips, he was in Saving Mr. Banks, which I personally really loved. He yeah. played Walt Disney in that movie. And I guess Walt Disney wasn't actually a good person, no. which I just recently learned about. No, my mom tells me all the time. That She's makes like, me so sad. I know. Because I, I love Walt Disney, but yeah. now hearing all that, that makes me really sad. But he did a really, really, really good job portraying Walt Disney in Saving mm-hmm. Mr. Banks. And I've seen that movie, but I've never seen Mary Poppins. Are you serious? Yeah. You need to see Mary Poppins. What the heck? That's so weird. For any of you who don't know, Saving Mr. Banks is about how the movie Mary Poppins came to be. I thought Um, it was really cool. Yeah, it's really good. It would be cooler if you saw Mary Poppins, though. (laughs) (laughs) And then in 2016, years after the first one, he was the executive producer for My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Those movies are really good. I love how they they came out so far apart. Every single one of the same actors was in the second one, which is pretty cool. In the same year that he produced My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, he was also in the movie Sully, and he also was the executive producer for that. And then in 2017, he was in the movie The Post. This upcoming year, he will be in Toy Story 4, which I'm not really sure how I feel about that coming out. I haven't even heard about that. I I did hear about it happening, but I, I just don't really know if... I think they should have ended at the third one, but we'll see. (laughs) And then also, um, this upcoming year, he will be in You Are My Friend, and in that he will play Fred Rogers, um, which is Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers. I've never seen that. You've never seen Mr. Rogers? I know. Everyone's... I've never even heard of it until I went to this school. Are you serious? Yes. Everyone's like, you didn't grow up watching that? I was like, I don't even know who that is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. So, Elizabeth Perkins, she played Susan in this movie. She hasn't been in a ton, but um, just to name a few, uh, in 1986, she was in About Last Night. Two years later, she was in this movie, Big. She played Wilma Flintstone in the live-action Flintstones movie in 1994, which as soon as I saw that, I was like, holy crap, that is her. 2001, she was in Cats and Dogs. She was a voice of Coral in Finding Nemo. Hmm. She was in Must Love Dogs in 2005. That was a good movie. That was with John Cusack. 
So our director for this movie is Penny Marshall. She hasn't directed a ton. In 1986, she directed the movie Jumping Jack Flash, which I've never heard of. 1988, of course, she directed this movie, big. 1990, she directed Awakenings and was also the executive producer for that. In 1992, she directed A League of Their Own, was also the executive producer for that. And in 1994, she was the executive producer and director for Renaissance Men. 1996, she was the director for The Preacher's Wife. And 2001, she was the director for the Drew Barrymore movie Riding in Cars with Boys. I know her more for uh, playing Laverne in the show Laverne and Shirley. I used to watch that show all the time. I grew up watching that show. Have you ever seen that show? No, I've never seen it. Uh, it's so good. It's a spinoff from Happy Days. Okay. Have you ever seen Happy Days? Uh, no. Oh my gosh. Ah! So... From 1976 to 1983, she played Laverne. Her brother, Gary Marshall, actually was the creator of Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy, and he gave her the job as Laverne on that show. Her brother has done a lot more than she has. He uh, directed Pretty Woman, Princess Diaries. Were Laverne and Shirley main characters in Happy Days? or um, Like, towards the end of the... I can't remember if it was the middle or the end of the season, or series. They were just recurring characters. Okay. They didn't have big roles. I can't remember the exact episode they first appeared in, or why. I'm pretty sure they okay. knew Fonzie, and that's what happened, but then they got the spinoff. They were, like, really likable? They Yeah, yeah They those uh, episodes got a lot of, like, okay. positive feedback, so they got the show. Penny Marshall actually became the first female director to ever direct a movie that grossed more than $100 million at the box office with this movie. When she got the script, nobody was interested in doing the movie. It was only when Robert De Niro announced that he wanted the part of Josh that the script received attention from people wanting to do it. So Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a 97%, and critics said that it was refreshingly sweet and undeniably funny. It is a showcase for Tom Hanks, who dives into his role and infuses it, it with charm and surprising poignancy. The film was actually nominated for Academy Awards for Best Actor in Leading Role, Tom Hanks, and Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. And it's also number 23 on Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies, which is pretty cool. It is pretty funny. Also, in 2008, it was named the 10th best film in the fantasy genre, which is kind of surprising to me, but this movie was actually part of a trend of age-changing comedies produced in the late 1980s, which included Like Father, Like Son in 1987, 18 Again in 1988, and Vice Versa in 1988. This movie actually reminds me a lot of uh, 13 Going on 30. And 17 Again. Yeah, and 17 Again. Mm -hmm. The film opened number two with 8.2 million in its first weekend, and it would end up grossing over $151 million. All right, now for some, some fun trivia. <laughs> we thought maybe we would try to do this from now on in our episodes, like give mm -hmm. fun facts about the film and stuff. Yeah. So to give Tom Hanks an idea of how a 12-year-old should act, director Penny Marshall filmed each grown-up scene with the kid who played young Josh. So he she would have young Josh play Hanks' part, and then Hanks would copy the kid's behavior. Hanks would go on to do the same thing for Forrest Gump. So next week, we've decided to change it up a bit, and we're going to watch an older movie. Yeah, we're going to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's, starring Audrey Hepburn, and that's from 1961. So we're going to go a little older than just the 80s. <laughs> that's a rom-com. It's really, really good. There's definitely some issues in it with racial stuff and everything, but okay. we'll, we'll be able to talk about that. So if you guys want to watch that and join us next week when we talk about that, that'd be great. I'm Megan. And I'm Hope. And this has been Real, Real Talk. Talk.